Are you tired of losing sales? Do you wish you had proven strategies that would help you increase your sales today, not in three months? You could Google it, but Google is in the information business, and I am in the transformation business. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Snack Sized Sales Podcast, where we will share three actionable sales strategies that you can implement in your business today to increase your sales tomorrow. This includes tactics, tips, and techniques from industry experts, influencers, and sales pros to help you shorten your learning curve and increase your bottom line. The more sales strategies we simplify for you, the shorter your sales cycle and the more money in the bank. Now your host, host, host. multi-award-winning sales expert and international speaker, Wesleyan Greer. Hi, I'm Wesleyan, host of the Snack Side Sales Podcast. And today we have Michelle Nicole McNabb of M&E Marketing and Events. We will be chatting about how to monetize, optimize your revenue-driven events and sponsorship opportunities. Thanks so much for joining us, Michelle. Thank you so much for the invitation and opportunity to chat with you today. And definitely excited to talk a bit more about events and opportunities using them. Awesome. So Michelle is not your traditional event sponsor person. She does show up and she will plan your event, but she takes a different lilt to it. So what she does is she focuses on revenue-driven events and sponsorship opportunities and effective virtual and in-person campaigns. She has 14 years of experience in events, marketing, and sales. She works with business owners, sales directors, and associates Association directors to optimize business to business event campaigns to get the most bang for their buck beyond just the basic logistics. She specializes working with businesses to leverage their events to connect and convert, not just connect, but connect and convert their audience by executing effective before, during, and after event marketing campaigns. I love it. So how did you get into this industry, into this field where you were working on the other side of the event with the sponsors and the sales leaders? Yeah, I am excited to kind of share this transition and and in a nutshell, kind of the past 14 years, right? So I actually knew way back in high school that I wanted to be in events. I was one of those that I went into Penn State and knew exactly what I wanted. So I saw. And then what I thought events to be and all through my learning and my internships and jobs and through events was the logistics, right? That's what you're taught the who needs to be where and when, what needs to be where, how does it get there? And all very critical. And yet through the early time of learning the ropes and the event industry, I graduated and I had all of that under my belt. And then I ended up in corporate as we do. And it was a sales role for a mortgage company. Womp womp. So this all comes to play, right? So on the side, I kept doing weddings and social events and extravaganzas and just to keep my feet wet. Meanwhile, I'm working my corporate job as I do and would make sure that I was affiliated with the holiday party and the events and programs and 
all the things that we are doing as a corporate just to keep my toes in my young 20s, right? And again, I was able to kind of transition and get my fulfillment with events by doing some on the side logistics. But then my day-to-day stuff was for the first time, I actually had an opportunity to learn sales and the marketing side. And through that, as this company grew, and it started really a small company outside of Philadelphia, and in a matter of five years, they grew to 48 states and three different divisions. So through that transition, they knew that one, I didn't want to be in sales forever. And two, my background and really what I went to college for is program management and event planning. And so through the transition was going from sales, they actually put me in operations for six months. And as they grew as a company, and as I was growing my career, they actually took a chance on me as someone in my mid twenties at this point, as they opened up their business to business department, which included outside sales reps to program manage their marketing efforts and the vendors that were needed and all of the events. So everything from lunch and learns to conferences to program launches for the business to business side with someone that one had the skill set of project management, the understanding now at that point of the programs and the sales and the customer journey of the customer itself, but then the company and then to be able to tie all of that together and the business to business side going from logistics, but now taking all of that and incorporating at this point, five years of the company and the intention. And we're going to talk a bit more of that as to on the business to business side is why are we using events? So in marketing, there's all different tactics. And so making that transition from just doing the logistical side. And so that's kind of how I, my first exposure to why we're using events and not just showing up at events. And then somebody had to present to the CFO and to the sales directors when you have at that point 70 outside sales reps from five different regions and they're requesting to go to every conference and every lunch and learn and every networking event and they want to propose all different ways to connect with their audiences and their accounts how do we do that and create a strategy around that and ultimately I loved every component of that I reached a point now in my later 20s that I didn't necessarily want to stay stuck in one industry and I saw the opportunity from at this point, seven years working in corporate and really getting a true understanding of, yes, coffee needs to be out on time. But those sort of decisions and where the venue and what AV team is hired and all of those components, as I understood and appreciate as an event professional, is one component. But what about the success and the customer journey and the intention as to us as speakers, sponsors, exhibitors, so that we know how which events we want to participate and be successful. And so there's this big gap in the industry beyond the mortgage industry. And for all of these associations and or B2B companies that are wanting to use events and use it as a part of that. So I hope that that kind of painted that picture of kind of the transition and the stepping stones over the last 14 years. And now um, since I have my own company and consulting, I have expanded beyond several different industries because it's the same fundamentals. It's just different events and how we execute on them. I love it. So what I really learned from you hearing about your journey and your background is you held various roles within companies, sales, operations, marketing, and you really took all of that diverse experience that you had to build this company that is different than what other event companies do. And like you said, yeah, there are companies that go get the coffee, right? And make sure the coffee is out on time and all the logistics are done, but there's so much more to events than that. So give us your 
your first tip on what we can do to monetize and be intentional with our events? Wonderful. So yes, and coming from the exhibitors, the speakers, the sponsors, typically those decision makers are the sales directors and sales teams. And so when we're at these events, and first and foremost, this is that you're showing up with the right intention and with the right events. Tip number one would be to use that as an opportunity to get to know other people in your industry and gain testimonials and credibility from other peers. Because that testimonial and people that you work alongside with, whether it be on a a project together, that testimonial is different than a client facing testimonial where typically your client is only seeing what should be done, right? But sometimes the people that you work with and when things kind of get into the process and they see you as a professional and how you handle that, getting those testimonials, what it's like to work with you at these events and events are a great time to expand your network among your peers and who understand you, how you get them through the process when things get tough. And rather than only focusing on testimonials from clients that are only seeing, well, it was a great experience because all went well. What about the testimonials from your peers and from your vendors and from your service providers that you're connecting with at these events that can validate you as a professional and or a team and or a company that from the same side of the table, you're validating that credibility and authority in your industry. That is amazing. I have gone to so many events all over the world. And a lot of times you're told to, oh, go to the other vendors and see maybe their potential customers or referral partners. But when you go to events, industry events, you tend to see a lot of your buddies, if you will, a lot of the time. And if 10 of your referral partners are in the room, why not use that time wisely to get some testimonials, have those discussions with them. And something key that you said was build your network. So having that multi-pronged approach of I can build my network while I'm at this event. That is awesome. So give us your second tip. Great. So that leads exactly into that. The more that you are leveraging those relationships, and here's a little tip that I do with each of my events. Typically, if you are, let's say, an exhibitor or a sponsor, there's a part of that event, whether it's 24 hours ahead of time that you are setting up your booth and you're there along with all the other tables. That is a key golden opportunity to introduce and or get to know who else in the room, whether it's 20 other tables, 50 other tables, 200 other people, and who who is meeting the same like people? And here's a little trick, an actual tactical tip that I do, which goes over and beyond. If you have your business cards or you're making intros and or you're meeting your buddies in the industry and you're saying your hellos and you're asking them, who is it that you're looking to meet at this conference? What is your intention? Why do you want somebody to stop by your booth? What are you working on? And you understand that there's a correlation with who you want to meet and who's stopping by your booth. And there's a similar message and or intention it's not going to be all 50 tables. It's not going to be all 200 tables. You may not even like that person or get the right vibe. But if you can make your your intros or get a sense of who else is on the floor and ask them for an extra business card or two and say, wow, that is really aligned with also who I'm looking to meet and why we're here. And I would love to have a few extra business cards. That way, if I meet someone, I would love to pass that along. And that way, throughout the conference, let's say it's a two, three day for a conference, you're not trying to meet 200 
hundred other vendors, but the ones that really do align or your buddies get their business cards, get their opportunity because it's a lot easier to brag about somebody else and make that intro. And if you can be that connection and be a resource, one, they're going to be appreciative Two, even if those two people never meet, the intention is there and it's a genuine, they're going to remember. And guess what? When it does happen, they are mentioning your name back and saying, Michelle said that I need to meet you or that I need to stop by your booth. And you spark that conversation. So with intention, be mindful and that's going to cut through the noise. That is so I really like that because when I've gone to conferences, I always, I know my neighbors, right? So I know who's to the left or to the right. And if somebody stopped by my booth, I'm like, oh, you should go across and see them. But really getting out of that immediate comfort zone when you're taking your breaks, don't just go sit down and work on your computer or your phone. Physically go out, meet with intention, talk to those people. So if you are doing a virtual event, I know that I've seen a lot of sponsored like booths and things you can pop in and pop out. How would you recommend that we implement the same tip you gave us for a virtual event? This is the beauty and this is why even though we are in a very heavy environment right now of virtual, the event does not start when that door opens. It begins, that customer journey starts as soon as that announcement is made. And there's a website and those other companies are participating and it's on their website, it's on LinkedIn. And this is the beauty of what we've been doing for years and years already was a nice to have, which is now a need to have. And that understanding those relationships do not have to start 24 hours before the conference begins at the show, but instead with intention that you're actually funneling through who is it that you want to meet? And you can gather that information by one, selecting which events that you're going to participate in, which companies, and who are the people at those companies, right? And you can do that. LinkedIn is a fabulous tool for that. And building those relationships, utilizing things like LinkedIn. And you could do a quick uh, search as to, wow, I really want to know this company because I see the alignment. And you can actually see, have they been featured in any industry publications? Have they been recognized? Who else do they know? And so that going back to that does not start 24 hours or even the day of because if we can actually have that first impression before the handshake, you're starting that customer journey. And as we know, events and the industry, it is a very relationship based tactic. And so yeah, if you can have that first impression or that conversation prior and whether or not this is an in person or not, by the time you actually get to the event, your goal is to actually you're giving hugs, virtual hugs, right? You want one of the best part of what I get to do. And it's so exciting, especially more so in the virtual spaces. I'm working with a client and or people for months virtually. And it's the most exciting thing. We cannot wait to jump on that plane and get there and see them in person and give that handshake or give that hug or give that because we've already gone through some of those stepping stones prior to the event. But that doesn't mean that you still don't have the opportunity to do it at the event. I love that. So really on the day of the event, that is not when this outreach, this networking, this doing things with intention to start because exhibitors, sponsors, their logo, their website is on that page. Use that to your advantage. What is the third tip you have for us? 
Yep. And going into that, which then goes into my third tip is how I explain this or paint the picture is let's say that you're going to an event in Las Vegas, right? An in-person event. You're not targeting all of Las Vegas. Your marketing and your outreach is not all of Las Vegas. It's the event. And then within the event, you're targeting people and companies with intention, just like you are. Not everybody that you meet is your client, but right. So you're honing in not just Las Vegas, not just the event, but who and with intention at Las Vegas. So same with virtually, well, now the doors have really opened and we want to take that same mindset of which events, why am I showing up? And we hear that quite a bit. Oh, I've tried events or they are a lot of money and a lot of resources, especially if you're putting on your own events, right? And so to kind of go through why are you doing this event? And furthermore is who's at the event and why are they there? And that is one of the key indicators of how you can really shift the conversation is if you can best understand understand why is this person that I'm talking to at this event? And if you're a sponsor exhibitor, a lot of times the organizer may have that on registration. You may even be able to request that information if it's being asked at the organizer level to say, why, what are you excited for at this event? Who are you looking to meet? Why are you here? Because once you understand that intention, then you can steer the conversation why they're there, not why you're there. And whether that's a conversation online and knowing who you're talking to with their intention, is going to help you best understand, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm not the right person that you want to talk to, but my buddy that I just met or someone at my company, right? And so you can really optimize your time spent within these conversations, either steer them, get off the fence, or you, why are you pitching an elevator pitch when it's not the right person? And they're not even, you're spinning those tires and too often, a lot of times salespeople or the training that we receive, or even young people, they're the ones getting sent and they are thrown onto these expo floors and they are taught, do you know our elevator pitch? Do you know how to represent our company? And yet they're not asking the first question, which will help segment. And I typically segment into five different categories. Either this person is not the right person. They need more info. They have no idea what they need or, or why they're there. Don't even bother with a pitch. Get them some resources, get them to the right person, right? They're just kind of, I don't know why I'm here. I was just sent here, right? Number twos will be your people people with intention that they have some sort of level of interest, whether it's your services, whether it's your company, they just don't know what yet. So you're not pitching the opportunity, but you're there to connect the conversation and what's the next step. And then number threes would be people that you already have those relationships with. You're not pitching your buddies. You're not pitching people that you're already working with. You're strengthening those relationships. You're revising that scope of work, the people that you're already working with. Your number fours are going to be people that are your strategic partners. Right. And so again, there's no need to throw the elevator pitch or have a conversation if they are serving the same people, but they don't have an intention. Instead, you want them to understand how they can drive people back and forth. Right. They don't need to know your elevator pitch, but they do need to know what keywords and what to listen for. And then your number fives are really people in the industry. Maybe you can learn from. Maybe they're the keynote. Maybe there's someone that you want to learn from. Maybe they just launched a book. You are excited to see what they have to say and you want to learn and how you approach them and the conversation that you're going to have with those type of people. And if you can understand the intention of why they're there and the intention of your relationship, it's going to streamline so much, whether it's a virtual or in person. And that's just, I mean, that goes with sales without, that's kind of sales 101, but taking it to the event, right? And the difference being people show up at events with intention. And I, I share this with you is people don't go on LinkedIn or Facebook 
Facebook to scroll through the ads. You don't get on Netflix to wait for the commercials, but you go to an event with intention. We need to find out why they're there on that platform. That's good. And I think that's a great way to kind of round out your three tips that people are going to this event because they want to learn more about a subject, a topic, an industry. They want to break into what they need new vendors. I mean, a lot of times people are going to events because they need new vendors. They need new partners, right? And so keeping that at the front of your mind and then the, the five segments that you gave us, I think that's really key also because what you don't want to do is just come back with your whole stack of leads and put everybody on your email address. That is not what what you want. You want to have your five little piles. So you know, this goes here, this goes here, and you are speaking to that person the right way. So give us a success story of somebody that you helped really make the most of an event that they sponsored or that they attended. Yeah, I love this question because it does bring all of those in. So one of my favorite stories that I like to share is I had a client that has been in his industry for over 30 years. Uh, He was launching his book. He has participated in the same industry event as a sponsor for at this time, five years. And Adobe is always the top sponsor. So whether you're in the design or sales industry, Adobe, they do a lot of software, right? So Adobe is always, always, you're not beating out Adobe, but my client was the second tier sponsor. And what that included was a three hour workshop, two main stage sessions. He was launching his book. He sponsored the coffee. So you could get coffee anytime during the conference, not just before and after breakfast, right? And so it was a three-day conference, all of these deliverables. And so we put this strategy together for the very first time in his industry. By the time he showed up at that event, we were both getting hugs from people because we started that outreach and who we wanted to meet with and have that with intention. And furthermore, all the logistics, there are still logistics, we streamlined his internal team. And so as his marketing team, they are bombarded. And this is where I sat in corporate with your overall corporate messaging and your overall strategy and your digital and your social media. And they're not necessarily looking at the event as a campaign. And so we helped to streamline their internal marketing team so that he was prepared with his workshop and that he could carry the customer journey of knowing who was at the booth. And we were actually for the very first time, able to not only track how many people stopped by the booth, but who stopped by and saw him throughout his opportunity. So there's about 10% that went to every single session that grabbed his book, that grabbed the opportunities. And you better believe that we had indicated that we are going to follow up with them in a slightly different manner than people that maybe passed by. And so having that strategy and with that, he was able to then go the next year with a framework. And for the first time, all the people we had about four people there represented. It didn't matter that we were all having separate conversations. All that we had to do is mark one through five on each of those cards or each of those report back. And we knew at least how to filter the the next part of the customer journey, right? And so you're not just dialing and smiling after. And that happens way too often. And I'm sure some of uh, the audience members here, they've been there, right? You go to a conference, you have that fishbowl, and then now you have to follow up with, the, with everybody you don't know why. And there's a lot of that missed opportunity. So having that framework uh, with this client for the very first time, people were acknowledging him in the industry as he was walking into those doors. And also he knew who he was grabbing dinner with. He already had meetings with MasterCard ready to go rather than trying to book those meetings only at the event. We had them ready before, during, and after. So that's one of my favorite where it really kind of illustrates all the deliverables. If you're in 
investing $1,000, $5,000, $100,000 on a table, on speaking opportunities, on sponsorship, and yet there's not a clear way, guess what? That organizer doesn't care that you didn't get the three email messages that go out to the list. You just miss that opportunity altogether. So having that streamlined logistics internally, but then also at the event so that those deliverables that you actually get with your table are not missed. Wow, that is awesome. Where have you been my entire time? <laughs> Where have you been? I mean, because what you described is having a plan, having a strategy before you show up, as soon as you sign on the dotted line and say, I'm going to be a sponsor, whether it's three months or three years before the event, you need to have a plan, you need to have a strategy. So what is the one best way that people can get in contact with you? LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my platform of choice. And and whether you connect there. And that's also where you can kind of find my other content. Best place is LinkedIn. You can find my website, my YouTube, my other social channels. So if you find me on LinkedIn, it's Michelle Nicole McNabb. And I use my middle name because there apparently are other Michelle McNabs. If you search Michelle Nicole McNabb on Google and or LinkedIn, I will come up ME Marketing and Events. Awesome. And tell us about the free gift that people can get from you. Wonderful. So with that, and we can send this out as a link. I have a lot of content, if you may manage <laughs> a lot of resources. So what I've compiled is a just a one page website landing page. And it really does go through some of the initial steps to ensure that you're finding the right events with intention. So I call it the event strategy framework. And there's a lot of goodies within that website landing page. And one of those things we can include, I actually have a slide deck uh, that dives a little more into those segmentations that I talked about. So that's also on there. Yeah. That is awesome. That is definitely what everyone needs. I encourage you to check out Michelle's free gift so you can attend your next event with intention. Thank you so much, Miss Michelle Nicole McNabb. And that's another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Please remember to review and subscribe. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.